the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The airing of this program by this station is not an endorsement or recommendation by the station of the products or services discussed in the program. The station does not guarantee the results of any investments made by a listener to this program. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. It's all I want. She's blonde, 5'2". It's all I need, yeah. And 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. This is my America. Ooh, yeah. Living proud and living free. This is my America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's nowhere I'd rather be. It is Trusting Tuesday, right? <laughs> Who is that? Is that, the, is that my man Quack? Is Quack back? Is he back with me that tonight, me. babies? <laughs> I'm so back with you. Dude, I have been missing you. I mean, I've been enjoying playing your replays of the News You Can Use segments the last couple of weeks, but there's nothing like having real live quack back in the hawk. That's my way quack of saying back, back in the house. Quack is back, babies. Glad to have you here with me tonight. Glad to have I mean, you guys picked a good uh, Tuesday night to tune in because Quack is back live at 7 p.m. For his news, you can use segment this hour. We're also going to update you on what uh, is going on with this Titanic sub and um, some information that is being revealed about this Ocean Gate exploration expedition situation, something that the billionaire board might probably needed to know before he signed up to go um there's some really shocking side effects everybody's doing this ozempic thing you guys hearing about ozempic uh we've got an updated story for you guys later of course my man my partner in crime is with me for hour two he doesn't hey, i want to know the question yes. is gary i came on the air i said i would be part of this you know for mm-hmm. two hundred fifty thousand dollars. i want to go take a sub to see the, the titanic would you do it no Thank you, Gary. No. See, that's why Gary and I are buds. It's because just me and Bob Gary Walters. is, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's the stuff because that's the stuff I can. I, I, I mean, I think it's really cool that you know you. I mean, I love to like free dive and stuff like that. I think it's really awesome um, doing something like that. No, to me, I'm just not really interested. Um, I'll, I'll climb mountains. I'll climb high mountains. I'll do that kind of risky stuff. And I don't know. Um, I don't know. I just don't think I would do it. I just I've seen pictures of it. I think it's really cool. It's awesome. But no. Yeah, I, I don't care how much money I had. Something. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm not interested. Well, it's okay. Um, don't worry, Gary. They don't have the money to go. Well, <laughs> so. yeah, and and when yeah, I okay. share with the listeners some information about this expedition organization, it's shocking they were charging two hundred fifty thousand dollars for it. I believe this is possibly could have been prevented, and um, this is you've got to be careful before you put your money down in terms of who you trust for this kind of thing. Um, it's a reminder though 
Gary Quackenbush, isn't it? Here you've got a, a billionaire and multiple two billionaires, one from Ukraine or Russia, one from I can't remember what the country is, um, not Afghanistan, but it's actually you know a country from that region, and her two two children. And I, of course, one of the first Gosh. things I thought of was uh, just because they got a lot of money, did they settle their affairs before they they went on this trip? <laughs> Wait, so you're telling me money doesn't stop death? No, it doesn't. Yeah. And Well, and also, just because somebody's got all that money doesn't mean they've taken care of their personal business before they did this. No, no. But a lot before of times we, it's, it's, it, they just don't. They just yeah, don't. Crazy. But before we mm-hmm. get into that, you've got some wacky laws to share with us tonight, don't you? You know, the thing is, I, I, we, t- we pick on California all the time because it's just really fun to see, you know, the government. I think, I think the governor this year signed into law something like, you know, already 175 laws just because he's signing a man. It's like, that's a lot of laws. Mm-hmm. So I ended up finding some really good ones on Indiana. But I'm reading through them going, wait, this can't be Indiana. This sounds like stuff we would do in California. So I, I couldn't find the same ones in California, but... I would imagine I'm just going to forward these on to Governor Governor Newsom, and he's probably going to go. I like these. He's going to be like, like "Quack, thank you for the wacky laws," because you know we don't have enough whack here in California. Thank you, Quack. That's right, right. And where did you get these? Oh, I talked to him about Andrea K. Show. He's going to go. I love Andrea K. She's one of my conservative buddies. Exactly. She's the one who calls me Mussolini all the time. Fabulous. All right. A lot of I've got family in Ohio. A lot of people don't realize how much weird and wacky is happening in the Midwest. So I'm not surprised you found some wacky laws in Indiana. They're just they're these little picayune like why did somebody spend all the money creating, codifying, voting on, printing in these stupid laws. It's like, do we really need this? I mean, I, people get weird about, you know, don't tell me I have to buckle up my seatbelt. You're legislating my whatever. Don't tell me I can't, you know, go and, and beat somebody up. You're legislating morality. It's like, well, duh, that's what laws do. They legislate morality. Hello, that's just life. That's the world. But then weird things like, so, okay, so these are just really quick. Spiteful gossip and talking behind a person's back are illegal in Indiana. <laughs> Like, okay, <laughs> you can't, the thing is you can't, you can't regulate it. Who's going to be there to watch? And then you're going to go turn some, you're going to run to the cop and go, hey, hey, that lady over there, she's doing spiteful gossip. She's doing gossip. And the cop's going to go, well, so are you, you're under arrest. Yeah. I mean, yeah, who's, yeah, it's like, who's the gossip police and are they running around with a jar, you know, with that, you know, there's the swear jar. Do they have like a gossip jar that, you know, they, somebody runs around in the public and hears somebody gossiping and makes them drop a quarter in? I mean, how, how is yeah. it enforced? What's the fine for it? There, there wouldn't be. I, I couldn't even find it. There's nothing. That's hilarious. Just I think that's that right up there with the one about you can't tie a giraffe to a tree or whatever or to a to a, a power pole. I think I can't remember what it was. Those are my two favorites so far. Okay. The so anti gossip one. one. Okay. The anti gossip law. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's illegal to make a monkey smoke cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> I think the monkey, I don't know. I just think that was really good. So only in Indiana. You know, so don't try it in Indiana. Who is making money? 
think he smoked cigarettes. Was this was this at like a zoo somewhere? And this was this like a or like um like the traveling circus? Was this like a circus act or something? I, I think it was because it's tied to another law where there was some guy that was forcing a monkey out. It's like, look at the monkey smoke cigarettes and pay 25 cents to look, you know. So it's got to be tied oh, yeah. to an episode of the, th- of the Three Stooges. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. <laughs> I just like to hear Andrea laugh. She's about ready to start crying. Oh, my gosh. Oh, thank you, Quack. Thank you. I needed the giggles. I okay. needed the giggles. That's good. Oh, my gosh. The re- all right. So the rest of them are just, you know, we'll save them for another day. It's just so <laughs> No, you can't you can't top you're not allowed to make monkey smoke. You can't top that on the show. We got we got to leave it at that quack, that as our wacky quacky okay. law tonight cuz that's too that's good. Right. Oh my gosh. He did that and that was bad for the monkey's lungs. The monkey might die, so you got to make sure the monkey has his estate plan in order. <laughs> Which in California, you can actually do an estate plan where a like a monkey, any animal can actually inherit money from their master. So they can inherit it in a trust and you can have this money. Instead of being a trust fund baby, he'd be a trust fund monkey. Well, you know what? Let me tell you, I, I, you know, think that it's, it's responsible. I think it's good pet responsibility, good pet ownership to have a plan for your fur babies so that they don't end up, so that they don't end up in the shelter. You know who they're, who's going to get them. You provide for them. So if there is a late in life, they've got all kinds of issues medically or whatever, because pets can be very expensive. I actually think that's quite the uh, responsible pet owner thing to do. Um, what else advice do you have for us tonight? Most of what we're talking about tonight, I talked about this on my show, is that it's the flexibility that you have with the state planning. It's like you have, like, if you want to care for a pet, you can provide, have some provisions, things in your trust that say, this person takes care of my pet. They get paid X amount of money. The money's available for the pet to make it so their life is a happy life, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's all doable in an estate plan. And then mainly what I talked about today was a lot of, like, if you have, like, a financially, like, a kid that is financially irresponsible, like, would never be able to be financially responsible. Maybe somebody that has special needs or some type of a, a, a disability or incapacity, you can set up trust for them for life where, it makes it so that they can have money available to them, governed and you know metered out by a a, um, a a trustee, and they're called special needs trusts. And we've been using those for not just like um, people that are Medi-Cal beneficiaries, but like any type of a trust where we want to leave money to a beneficiary that just doesn't manage money. Like like you have a the, the, the you know the, the forty-five or fifty-year-old that has never had a job, has never left the house, and just can't seem to get his act together. And then mom and dad pass away, you're not just going to leave him a bunch of money because it'll be gone and then he's not going to be able to survive. So you can set up like special needs trusts that have payouts for the rest of their life. And those are the kind of custom trusts that I think when people realize those are possible and you can get one started fairly simply, then it's like, okay, I don't have a, you know, a cookie cutter family. I have this family with special needs and special considerations. 
that's what estate planning is for also. Well, I think that's a great idea. I'm surprised we haven't talked about it before because I'm thinking about my cousin Jay, who is two years younger than me. And when we were growing up, we knew Jay was different. And we didn't really know. At that time, people used the term mental retardation. But, you know, um, it. but he was high functioning. Now I think it's clear to say that he's on the spectrum. We just didn't use those terms. We didn't know what autism was back when I was a kid and our generation. And mm-hmm. Jay still lives with Aunt Joyce and Uncle Sam. And um, he has a job. I think he might deliver for UPS or something. I'm not sure. But he's 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 never going to live on his own. He's never going to marry, never going to have children. Um, and, you know, um, Aunt Joyce uh, was was a nurse and uh, and ran the state nursing program for Mississippi for the diabetes program. Uncle Sam was a fire chief. So um, they did OK financially. So um, but and then my cousin Lori, who's seven years younger than Jay, the plan is, is that when Aunt Joyce and Uncle Sam pass away, he's going to go live with Lori. Well, th- that needs to be documented. And, that, you know, that need, yeah. that should be put. That's the kind of scenario where you go, oh, OK, we have a plan. Well, it needs to be documented, doesn't it? Versus just. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. If it's not. <clears throat> Wait, do we lose quack? I think we lost quack. Plan and the evidence and the testimony of what the plan is. We Other lost we lost you for we lost you. You need to repeat that because we oh. lost you. The. If it's not written down, it just doesn't even exist. Right. Because if you if you have you know you tell everybody in your family this is what I want to have done and you pass away, how do you enforce that? Because mm-hmm. everybody has their different interpretation. So you have to write it down, especially like a special needs situation, like we're talking about somebody's incapacitated, they'll never be on their own, and then mom and dad pass away, they've got to leave money for them. So you put it, you don't give it to their brother and say, hey brother, take care of your brother for the rest of his life. You know, because that's not going to work. You put it into a special needs trust, which has certain controls, and then you have a special needs uh, trustee that's managing that money, being compensated for it, and manages the money for that child for the rest of their life. They're awesome. Special needs trusts are awesome, and more people need to think about it rather than just kind of, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to give an extra share to my oldest son, and I know he'll take care of his little brother. It's like, no. You can't, right. you can't think that. No, and, right. and and I know that my cousin Lori, his younger sister, and her husband are great, phenomenal people, but that's still not enough. I mean, the best thing for everybody is to document it. In fact, now i got to reach out to Aunt Joyce and Uncle Sam and, and say, well... Um, it, I, I don't know how many people know of a special needs trust and as, as great as families are like it, and my cousins are, are wonderful people it's just best if you've got you've got to you know be buttoned up about everything dot your I's cross your T's that's the best way to I don't know the, the probate laws in the state of Mississippi um, but if it's not documented then you know what happens it's going to go according to the laws of the state and the state is not going to govern money going to an incapacitated beneficiary. That money will just, it, it will be available, especially you're saying like your cousin is high functioning. That means he can spend money. He just can't spend it responsibly. So if you give him, you know, a, a share of his inheritance or his inheritance, it, it may not be he, that he spends it wrongly. There's everybody around is going to take advantage of him. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. hey, you, let's, yeah. go to, let's go to Disneyland and you can pay because you've got money. Okay, yeah. let's do it. Yeah. What I find 
and I talked about this on my radio show today, is I don't find that financially irresponsible people like waste their money or like lose it or, you know, do stupid things with it. Usually they have people around them that take advantage of them and end mm-hmm. up spending their money for them. And that's the sad part because then those quote new friends that help you spend your newfound money go away. All righty, my dear. Gary, avoid smoking monkeys. Yes, avoid smoking monkeys. Do not smoke monkeys. (laughs) I know. Seriously, that's just so so wrong. (laughs) Thanks for the laughs, my friend. Take it easy. All right. All right, sweetie. Stay tuned. We are going to share with you finally this information on the Titanic sub. Stay tuned. Airing of this program by this station is not an endorsement or recommendation by the station of the products or services discussed in the program. The station does not guarantee the results of any investments made by a listener to this program. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show on this Taco Tuesday. Although it's kind of donut day because we've got a whole big box of Randy's Donuts. Uh, in the in the uh, lunchroom back there, and hey, I know you like donuts, but only you can eat so many. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, I I plan to take a little a little doggy bag home with me because um, I'm thinking my little boo Gator might like a little little snacky, a little taste of some of those. Um, okay, I've got a I've got a pop culture question for you guys. Um, I hear Diane, um, our our gal Friday here at the station. She kind of does everything here. I'm wondering if she's seen this movie. I recommended a horror movie from the 70s for Skins to watch. Oh, yeah. I, I love the horror genre. Who else has seen the movie Don't Be Afraid of the Dark starring Kim Darby, 1973? This was a movie that used to come on all the time on replay every year. Like, in it, you know, when, when we were growing up, like... Back when people would watch TV and like movies would replay over and over, this was one of the ones that would replay a lot growing up in my childhood. And I don't like typically horror movies as a genre because I typically don't find them scary. I think they're, you know, stupid. I mean, it's like Halloween, please. I remember going oh, to see okay. that. The, the original is great. Uh, um, no, it was like, you know, my popcorn's done. Uh, you see, know, see your problem leave, is, please? it's not a problem, but uh, <laughs> why some horror movies don't work for you, and you've told me this, is because you can't, you can't, suspend reality no i can't and so i've got to believe that there's a possibility of some way so it's got to creep me out in in a major way and this movie did diane have you ever seen don't be afraid of the dark kim darby kim darby movie don't be afraid of the dark you're live on air honey don't be afraid of the dark hi (laughs) 888-344-1170 if you've seen the horror movie don't be afraid of the dark he used to play on tv that was that was a great movie um so or if you have a horror movie recommendation for skins 888-344-1170 give us a call speaking of horror shows um guess how our taxpayer funded american library association is using using your money they are actually sharing tactics to other libraries on how they can disrupt conservative events. Now, these are in public libraries. Quote, if you have a Kirk Cameron story hour booked in your library, have a library-sponsored Pride Festival the same day and fill the library with rainbows. Yeah, this is being reported by the Gateway Pundit. You can actually see American Library Association Director Deborah Caldwell-Stone 
remember how Kirk Cameron was couldn't get couldn't get any libraries to let him to come and do a, a book reading of a, of his book. Um, it was he, he was calling it the See You at the Library events across the nation. San Diego was one of the libraries that blocked him from coming and doing an event. So um, Brave Books, who is sponsoring the events, uh, says Kirk Cameron, alongside Brave Books, has been visiting libraries and holding story hours across the country to teach kids about faith, hope and love. On August 5th, 2023, we're calling on all families who love God and love America to gather at our local libraries to pray, sing, and read brave books and other books of virtue. Imagine thousands of local public libraries filled by you, your friends, your pastors, your teachers, and your local representatives on this date. But that's when the American Library Association uh, stepped in and said, we've got to do everything we can to stop this. So that's when... um, uh, somebody got a hold of this Zoom conference call that was led by uh, the uh, Library Association director in which she was uh, telling libraries how they can, quote, keep control, how they can, quote, handle the see you at the library events, including ways to disrupt the experience for families. You're a public agency. Unfortunately, it's a little bit of Caesar's coin there. You're committed to non-discrimination in the provision of services. So if someone wants, you know, who's eligible to use the room, book the room, and has a Kirk Cameron story hour, you know they're entitled to do that. The law protects their ability to, to do that. But what you can do is exercise your own speech as an institution, you know. Public libraries actually have their own right to engage in government speech to make clear what their mission is, who they support, and what their goals are. And so if you have a Kirk Cameron story hour booked in your library you could actually have a library sponsored pride festival the same day and fill the library with rainbows and have other programming in place you can put posters on the wall that make clear what the library's mission is and commitment to inclusion and diversity what it is as people walk in so there are many steps you can make you can take to make it clear where the library stands wow that's your taxpayer money being used to harass families and to stop the spread of faith and gospel in the libraries. All right, stay tuned. We're Andrea K. Show coming up. Telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Before the break, I was telling you guys about uh, a Zoom meeting that was held by the American Library Association giving all kinds of tactics for the libraries to use to disrupt conservative events and uh, telling them uh, the, the conservative events as Kirk Cameron's group and, and, and Brave Books is hosting, uh, spearheading the See You at the Library events across the nation on August 5th. And, it, and, and the Library Association director was saying, uh, you know, we can't stop them from coming, basically, but you can you can use your voice and it's not against the law to your First Amendment rights are, you know, yours. You, you know, it's not against the law to engage in your government speech. So use it to push LBGT events. And she says, you you know, uh, it's you can put posters on the wall to make clear what the library's mission is. Well, it sounds as though, America, the taxpayer money is being used by the libraries to put and their mission is to push trans trans transgenderism and LBGT on your children out there to the degree in which they literally are giving tactics to librarians to use to disrupt families 
to mess with their experiences. Meanwhile, there's a poll out today from um, McLaughlin and Associates, which is a very well-respected polling outfit. And it says that 61% of voters... Uh, with an opinion on the issue, say introducing young children to ideas like transgenderism, drag shows, and LBGTQ plus themes hurt their emotional and psychological development. Well, hello. Duh. 63% of respondents believe that people advocating for children to be exposed to these things are motivated by a desire to push a specific cultural agenda. Yeah, and you heard that your own taxpayer dollars are being used to push this at public libraries. Dr. Jeff Myers, president of Summit.org and co-author of the new ebook Exposing the Gender Lie, How to Protect Children and Teens from the Transgender Industry's False Ideology, said, We've suspected for a long time that most Americans think it hurts kids when the culture sexualizes them in the name of left-wing progressivism. This poll reveals the vast majority of voters share this concerns. And while most Americans, he goes on to say, are rightfully suspicious of the claims that proponents of drag shows, transgenderisms, and LBGTQ plus themes are just trying to help kids, this polling confirms what we've seen in our research. Some social media platforms are being used more than others to normalize the early sexualization of kids. 73% of voters want businesses to stay neutral on political and cultural issues. 52% say they support efforts to boycott businesses that take public stands on political and cultural issues. Bud Light, Target, and the L.A. Dodgers have found out the hard way that huge numbers of their customers don't support what they consider to be woke values. Three-fourths of Americans say they don't like it when businesses weigh in on controversial issues, and more than half support boycotts of companies that take political stands. Absolutely. Disney has lost... $900 $900 million in the last year, Skins. And it makes you wonder if they're ever going to get it. I honestly don't think I, I don't think they will. I, I don't think they will either. They just, I mean, honestly, Andrea, the, the next Indiana Jones movie is out this Thursday. I'm a big movie of the fran- uh, fan of the franchise, and there's a lot of people that have seen it that say, you know what? They woke to this one up too. They're destroying yet another beloved character. How do you woke up Indiana Jones? That's what I'm going to find out, but I'm scared walking into the movie. Now, I saw the fourth one, the last one that had Kate Blanchett, and I can, couldn't even tell you anything that happened in it. I was so bored, um, but at least it wasn't woke. No, a lot of people didn't like it. I liked it more than most, but yeah, it wasn't woke. It was, you know, it was. Not as good as the other Indiana Jones films, no. but this one supposedly is something different. My favorite was with Sean Connery. That was my favorite one. Uh, when you put Harrison and Sean Connery together, I mean, how can you go wrong? Junior. Kept calling him Junior. <laughs> I love that, that one. That was great. Yeah, okay, so um, speaking of suggestions for horror movies, Diane says it's not technically a horror movie, but nefarious. Everybody's got to see. Oh, nefarious. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I was gonna watch it this weekend on one of my streamings. It's playing at Salem now, but I saw that it was two hours long and it was nine thirty, and it was Sunday night. It was like no way I'm gonna be able to stay awake for two hours at that point. Um, but Sandy emailed. There's a movie um, that she says her family used to watch all the time. I've never heard of this before. I don't know how I missed it because she's like my twin and we will watch all the same stuff we, we did growing up. It stars Joan Crawford and it's, I saw what you did. You may be the target of the next crank call. So this looks really good. I may have to check that out. And of course I love Joan Crawford. 
So um, yeah, you're gonna have to put that on the list for sure. Mm-hmm, have to put it on the list. Okay, so um, I'm wondering if this pizza story out of New York is really gonna gain some steam in terms of, I mean, a breaking point. I think that that. It, I think it will. And, and my rationale, Andrea, is so the Bud Light thing, I mean, that was huge. Not everybody drinks beer. I know that not everybody eats pizza, but a lot of people eat pizza. And some people might be saying, well, what does this pizza have to do with wokeism? It doesn't have to do with OBGTQ. It is. It's all about it, it's all whether we're talking about them trying to shut down pizza parlors over climate hoax, whether we're talking about with the, the transgender movement on kids, ultimately every bit of it is all part of the plan to transform America from a constitutional republic to their little Marxist utopia. Energy and healthcare and transgenderism they're pushing under the guise of healthcare is all about how they're going to be able to get full control over us. And um, but of course, our man Kennedy had to make a quip about it. He had he had he had the best quip at all about what's going on in New York. And because the pizza guy yesterday, I've reached out to him, Scott Labido, I've reached out to his people to see about getting him on. Hopefully it'll still be a story by the time we get hear back from him. But he it wasn't just about pizza. He was like the woke blank idiots in this city are doing everything they can to destroy the city. It he And he listed off. He listed off the naked men running around. He listed off the illegal immigrants. I still have the clip if you want to play him back to back. Um. Yeah, let's play back. Let's let's play. Let's let's do the give me pizza or give me death. And then we'll play Kennedy's quip. The woke idiots who run this city are doing everything in their power to destroy it. We have naked men all over the city yesterday in public in front of children. We have the most violent raging crime rate ever. We are being invaded by illegal immigrants who are being treated way better than our homeless veterans, our teachers, and first responder heroes who were fired, still not compensated, because they didn't take the Fauci injection. Our city schools produce the dumbest kids, and the woke punks who run New York City are afraid of pizza? The world used to respect New Yorkers as tough, thick-skinned, and gritty. It's a damn shame. You heard of the Boston Tea Party? Well, this is the Boston, New York, this is the New York pizza party. Give us pizza or give us death. <laughs> give us pizza or give us death. And he's literally give throwing pizza. pizza or give us death. That pizza looks yummy, too. I got to tell you. I don't know where he got it from. Or give us death. Mm. Destroying yeah. every small business. That's what this city keeps doing. Yep. Can't have a small business. Can't have pizza. Mm-hmm. New York City is nothing without pizza. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. So then Kennedy was asked about the, the pizza situation in New York, Senator Kennedy. And here's what he had to say today. Clip one. Senator John Kennedy sits on the Senate Judiciary Committee and he joins us now. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. Well, Senator, what do you think? Do you think they've ever discussed the businesses? I think first that I don't want to live in a world without pizza. <laughs> uh, I'm really especially New York pizza. I, I'm really, I, yeah. I'm really sorry for the folks in New York. It's why people are leaving. 
It's true. Um, we need new chimneys. Yeah, they got to write a $20,000 check now. To scrub their chimneys. Yeah, I mean, if, if people keep leaving New York City, the average age is going to be deceased. <laughs> and that just breaks, that breaks my heart. In, in answer... He's such a national treasure. I ask, are they building the statue yet? <laughs> I'm so bummed he went to Vanderbilt instead of going to LSU. Listen, you could have been cheering. You could be celebrating today, Senator Kennedy, that uh, that LSU won the baseball college uh, national championship yesterday. Instead, you went to Vandy. Oh, but anyway, okay. So, so. I, um, so today I saw Dave Rubin, who's one of DeSantis's influence today, influencer said DeSantis should offer tax breaks for these pizza, you know, um, restaurants to come to Florida. And I'm like, you know what? Knock it off with these. You know, it's not the conservative position, by the way, to start picking and choosing which businesses get better breaks so that you can give favor to this industry here so that you can get political favor for yourself. No, they should just be able to make the pizza the way they want to make it. Yeah. Leave them in New York, you know, this DeSantis thing of like last week, DeSantis was giving tax breaks to uh, parents of children five uh, and and under. Well, what about a poor family with a six year old? You know, that's that's not conservative. It's gimmicky. And I don't like where DeSantis is going with it. DeSantis also took with with that particular strategy. He also took a trip to the border and uh, interesting what his uh, border proposal was. We're going to share that with you when we come back. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Look, no mistake about it, I love DeSantis as a governor. I think he's done an amazing job. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's the right guy to be president at this time in our country. And so I'm continuing to give him an opportunity. Um, I'm, I'm looking at all scenarios. I feel like we have to. Um, because my, you know, I, my first allegiance is to this country. It's not to any particular person. And if I feel like there's going to be somebody who's going to come along and do a better job than Donald Trump, and I have said, uh, MAGA is a movement. It's not a man. Trump put his, he, when he came down the escalators, what made him so attractive was that he understood the issues that faced the American people. He didn't tell us what the issues were. He recognized what the issues were, and those issues remain. In fact, they've grown. And one of the things that I said was he faced two opposition parties when he went to D.C., and they fought him every step of the way. And whoever ends up as a Republican winning the primary, if they're uh, if they're able to win in a general because of the machine that the Democrats have in place, then that Republican is going to face the same issues because we really are a uniparty system in this country. So I'm looking at everybody and keeping my eyes open right now. Right now, I'm Trump, but I'm giving DeSantis an opportunity because I'd be, you know, anything can happen. And, it, you know, but um, so DeSantis went to visit the border and I didn't watch his speech at the border. But my understanding is he's basically said he's going to do everything to secure the border as though. Trump didn't. Here's a conversation between, and you know, I'm not a fan of Fox, but I do love Maria Bartiromo. Uh, She's a heavyweight, by the way. Um, As somebody with a business degree in economics, it's like, you know, I I don't know enough of, you know, to, to shine her shoes. That's how smart she is when it comes to money. And here's a conversation that she had, um, with, uh, 
Tom Holman, who used to be, I believe Tom Holman was, um, was, he wasn't in Mayorkas's position. He might have been assistant uh, director of Homeland Security. Anyway, here's the conversation, clip three. We are going to be the administration that finally brings the issue of our southern border to a conclusion. Uh, we will stop the invasion. We will reassert our nation's sovereignty, uh, and we will fight these cartels uh, so that Americans stop dying from their poison. That was Republican presidential candidate Ron DeSantis visiting the southern border yesterday. He unveiled plans to, quote, stop the invasion. Joining me right now is former acting director of U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, Tom Homan. He's also a Heritage Foundation visiting fellow and Fox News contributor. Tom, great to see you. Thanks very much for being here. What is your reaction to DeSantis's visit to the border? Well, if, if you want to quote the Trump playbook, I think you should at least mention his name. I mean, look, yeah. I, I appreciate Ron DeSantis. He's done a great job in Florida and, and got some great immigration legislation there. But let's be clear. I've worked for six presidents, starting with Ronald Reagan. No one, no one did more than President Trump to secure the border. Illegal immigration was down 83 percent. Illegal immigration down to a 45-year law. So President Trump had unprecedented success. Something I've never seen in my 35-year career. So, again, I appreciate Ron DeSantis wants to take border security seriously. But everything you mentioned yesterday has already been done by the Trump administration. It was very successful by the Trump administration. So at least, at least he's paying attention that these policies worked. Yeah, I don't know why he said we're finally going to get control when we know that Trump had control. No. You're right. It was at a 40-plus uh, percent low. Uh, now uh, we're at a 20-plus percent high in terms of the number of apprehensions under the Biden administration. Right. So if, and this has been my question for the DeSantis campaign, if he is, a couple of things, if he's running basically to say this, that he's going to do the same thing as, the, as, as Trump says that he's going to do, why is DeSantis going to do it any different? Oh, because Trump had bad personnel decisions, they keep saying. Uh, the biggest issues that Trump faced was the fact that personnel decisions, he, ha- he had no machine. He had to go in there and work with the establishment because he was an outsider coming in. Both of them need to be working right now and, and, and in terms of explaining to me who, who their personnel choices are going to be. DeSantis has he hasn't told me who he would make as attorney general. He's criticizing Trump's uh, Supreme Court uh, justice nominees and, and his justices. He hasn't said who we, he would put in there, nor has DeSantis come forward with any plan on how he's going to deal with the uniparty establishment hacks and liars that say one thing on the campaign trail, like McCarthy, who made all these promises when the 20 stood back and said we're not just going to we're not just going to coronate you as speaker of the house and we want to put vacate the chair in there so if you don't fulfill your promises to us as speaker of the house we're going to remove you and he's and what is mccarthy doing he turns his back turns his back and they don't remove him they don't remove him so you know and it's because you know, it, it's it's it, there's there's just a handful of actual conservatives right now as elected officials in the Republican Party. And so if Ron DeSantis or anybody is trying to convince you that he's going to be able to go in as the new head of MAGA with all the same plans, wanting to do all the same things that Trump says he's going to do, and somehow he's going to get it done like, and by the way, that the Democrats are, oh, it's just Trump can't win the general, but DeSantis is going to? 
so easily? Why? Yeah, well, I was just going to say that. And what every single person that, that says what you just said, that DeSantis can win the general, they cannot answer the why. Right. Well, look at what he did for election integrity in Florida. Well, you're aware that's that the, that's Florida. That's Florida. You're aware that it's, a you know, all the states get to vote. Right. But what's his pitch? What's his pitch? How was he going to win over? Trump tore down the blue wall. Trump had Demo- Trump had actual Democrats voting for him and independents. Oh, it's the independents that that uh, no Trump actually got Democrats because what you have to remember too is there's far too many conservatives that don't even bother to vote. Not to mention the machine that the Democrats have on the ground. That that we're not really doing anything to, uh, about right now. So um, I think that that's why I'm disappointed in the infighting. DeSantis also has a charisma problem. How is he supposed to be the guy that's going to wow all the independents when he, he really he, he's not good at the retail politics? Trump has an ability as a billionaire to be the guy in the room that everybody wants to sit and have a burger with. DeSantis doesn't have that. Look, I like DeSantis, don't, don't get me wrong. But this country, we, we literally have a country to save. And DeSantis need, needed to coalesce around Trump, not run against him, offer to be his VP. Them together really would have been, really would have been the solution. I still think there's time. Well, it all depends on if, if he gets past the, the primary or not. But I think as long as things are cordial, that's not out of the realm of possibility. Well, look, everybody, everybody, including all the, the anti-Trumpers, were thinking that this leaked Trump tape was going to you know, be, be the end all. You know what's trending on Twitter tonight? General Milley. It's all about bad Milley because of what was revealed in that phone call. Because, see, you know what tends to happen every time they go after Trump? The truth comes out, and the truth is Trump has done nothing wrong. And like he said, I didn't, I, I didn't have the chance. We'll play it tomorrow night. This is just a continuation of the attempts to stop him whether it was in 2016 trying to stop him from winning, then it was the coup attempts, then it was trying to stop him again with the impeachment on Jan 6. That didn't work, and it's, that's, that's what this is about. And he's continuing, continuing to stay in. All right, well, we are out for the night, but we'll be back tomorrow on Hump Day, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Don't forget the event on August 10th. Get your tickets now. Go to TheAnswerSanDiego.com. See you all there on August 10th. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 